It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru, the golf expert, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, at Dave underscore Esler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, here we go, Uncle Dave. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast. This one will be big, however, as we have the PGA Championship on deck. This one will begin on Thursday and will be played at the Kiowa Island Golf Resort in South Carolina. This one will be played on the ocean course there, Uncle Dave. An interesting course. I was looking at this one. This one borders the Atlantic Ocean. It is long. It is sandy. More than likely, it's probably going to be windy. And it is by far the longest course for the season, nearly 8,000 yards. This one's going to play as the longest course in major championship history. And we have a field right now, right around 155 guys. Last year's PGA Championship winner, Colin Morikawa. He's going to look to repeat here, Uncle Dave, at 30 to 1 odds. And the favorite right now is a 2012 PGA champion at this resort, Rory McIlroy. He's going off right now somewhere around 12 to 1. Now, as always, Uncle Dave and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover our top 10s, top 20s, top 40s, winners, make the cut, miss the cut, head to heads. Uh, all that good stuff. So, Uncle Dave, I want to go ahead. I want to start out how we start out every podcast. First round leaders. I'm gonna let you rip and run first, Uncle Dave. First round leaders. What are you thinking? Well, I'm I'm looking at guys that you know because it is a long course. I think you want to look at guys that are good with longer irons, and I kind of hate to bet on guys to repeat. But Morikawa actually leads the PGA Tour in greens and regulation from 175 to 200 yards. So I will use him at 40 to 1. I will use Billy Horschel. He is 10th in that category. And I can't take Billy uh, for the distance because he just gets, just gets too emotional. Sanjay M is third. And then I think you get him at 66 to 1. And then if I look at Birdie or better from that same distance, Morikawa is actually fourth. So I really like him. Xander is fifth. And Victor Hovland is 11th. So those are guys I think you want to look at as potential first-round leader, Sleepy. You know, I struggled with first-round leader there, Uncle Dave, and the guy I actually fell upon, and the only guy I actually like is Paul Casey. I like the fact that he has an early tee time here. I'm going to play him to be the first-round leader. You can get that at 50-1. to one. You know, he's coming from England. He's going to end up on a course where it sets up more like a European type of course. It may be windy there. I feel like he can probably plot his way around here, and he's been here before. Now, he did miss the cut. Uh, he did have a bad round. I think it was like a 76 or something like that. But I feel pretty comfortable with Casey. I feel like 50 to 1 uh, is worth a pizza bet. But I'm not going to invest, you know, a whole lot into this particular course with, with a bunch of different golfers. Uh, I feel like I have a better advantage, you know, with some other wagers. Why don't we jump into some top 40s, top 20s, uh, maybe some top 5s if you have them as well there, Uncle Dave. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and rip a run first, Uncle Dave, with that top 40, top 20, top 5s. What are you thinking? Yeah, I got a few guys I like here, and, and not surprisingly, Will Zalatoris, uh, top 20, plus 150. In his first major, which was at Wingfoot, which is obviously not an easy course, he was sixth. He was second in Augusta, so I'm not too worried about him handling a big stage. And he's one of the longer hitters, so yeah, I think you got to plug him in somewhere. I used him top 20. Daniel Berger is another guy at uh, minus 135 for top 30. He's in great form, finished third last week, and he played well at TPC which is known as the fifth major. And the reason I didn't use him higher, he's only plus 130 for top 20. So there's not a whole lot of extra value for sliding him up 10 spots. So 
use him. Another guy I'm going to plug in is Charles Schwartzel, plus 200, top 30. I think this is a gift price for someone that's had five top 10s in majors. Uh, you could obviously play him uh, top 10, top 20, but why be greedy at, at plus 200? And I had to do something with Bryson. You know, he's, he's feast or famine. It's a long course. He's a long hitter. Um, you know, not that he can keep it in the short grass, but I put him top five for plus 350, and, and he'll either be there or miss the cut. You know, I think his his length will be a big advantage, but I don't trust him not to make a few mistakes. So those are guys I look at to, to do well early, Sleepy. You know, I had to use John Rahm somewhere, Uncle Dave. I'm high on him. I think he'll be there, you know, on Sunday. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to use him top 10 at like plus 175. I feel like, you know, this might actually be the tournament that he wins. I feel like he'll probably break through here. I'm also going to play a top 40 on Cameron Champ. And for a couple of the reasons that you had mentioned, you know, long off the tee, Champ, you know, he's one of the better, longer hitters, you know, within this field. I'm going to play my boy Joaquin Nyman. He's eighth in driving distance, 29th in putting. And I feel like you're going to have to be good in both of those areas. And you could get him top 20 right now at like plus 250. Those are the guys that I'm kind of looking at. And again, I didn't want to go too heavy, you know, with those wagers because I have a few other wagers that I feel like I'm going to put a decent amount on here, Uncle Dave. With that said, why don't we jump into uh, our head-to-head matchups. I have one here that I absolutely love. And I guess I'll just break this down rather simple. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Rory McIlroy. Minus 125 over Bryson. Look, I think Rory knows his place. He's won here. He just won not too long ago at the Wells Fargo. What was that, uh, a week or two ago? He's playing good golf right now, so he has to come in here confident. And I do not believe in any way that this is a course that's going to suit somebody like Bryson, who is just absolutely miserable off the tee. There's a lot of trouble around this course, and I feel like you know Rory could probably keep his head together um, You know the way that he's been golfing. And I don't like the fact that Bryson didn't look all that great last week. I feel like this is probably one of the better bets that I've made, you know, with all these podcasts that we've done. I feel really comfortable, Uncle Dave, playing Rory over Bryson in a head-to-head minus 125. Why don't you tell me how you feel about that particular wager, Uncle Dave? Because I have a feeling like this might be my biggest wager uh, for this weekend. And then you can go ahead and give out your head-to-head. But let me know how you feel about Rory over Bryson. Um, I can't argue with you there, Sleepy. As I said, when I used Bryson top five, I mean, he's probably going to finish top five or not make the cut. And I can totally follow your logic with uh, Bryson having trouble, especially on a course like this. You know, the fairways are supposed to be uh, pretty quick, which doesn't leave a whole lot of room for error. And I think errors at this course are going to find you in, in a lot of trouble. Obviously, it's a PGA Championship, so they're – they're going to let the rough grow a little bit, but there's a there's an ass load of traps, and you know I just I think that although he's quite capable of dealing with those things, I just think his head will get in the way if he makes too many mistakes. So you know, in all honesty, I like that bet better than my Bryson top five, uh, but I had to use him somewhere because of his upside. So if I'm going to use him, I'm going to use him something that pays me a decent amount of money with a little bit of risk. So yeah, I totally understand your logic behind that. And uh, I will gladly lose my top five uh, for you to win that bet. Well, I like to hear that uncle Dave. Now you're head to head. I noticed that you, you already had mentioned Charles Schwartz. So I see you have him on your notes here that you sent me. So what are you looking at for your head to head? Well, since I like Schwartz to do well, I, I took him at even money over Shane Lowry. Um, you know, I don't dislike Lowry. I just, I just think Schwartz is, 
is a better bet, especially at even money. And I like and I use Patrick Cantlay quite a bit, but Sam Burns has been playing really well, and I haven't used him lately, much to my chagrin, because he's done he's done well. So I'm going to play Burns plus one ten over Patrick Cantlay. All right, now you just talked about making missed the cuts. You talked about Bryson. Let me give you my handicap on this one. I'm going to play Bryson to go ahead and miss the cut, Uncle Dave, at plus three seventy, and I think that that's ballsy. But I also have to go back to exactly what you just said. Like, if he's going to do well, he's going to be up there. And if he's not, more than likely, he's going to miss the cut. And I went through and I looked at this course. I watched a video on this course, and, and it's just loaded with nothing but trouble. And if Bryson can't keep it in the fairway, he's going to end up having a really long two days where he's just, you know, trying to get it out of the sand traps. And this place has sand traps all over. I mean, this is this course is a sand trap. And if it's going to be windy, it's going to create a lot of trouble for somebody like Bryson because if you go back and you look at his history at courses where there has been wind, uh, he hasn't even really done well at all. Like he's missed the cut uh, a few times. He's he's just golfed really poorly. So I figure if I can get plus 370 for him to miss the cut, that that's not a bad price. And I feel like he's being overpriced. The fact that he's going up against Rory and Rory is a favorite at minus 126, I just – I, it, something just tells me like Bryson's just being overpriced because of how long this course is. And we know he can hit long. And look, if he can keep it in the fairway, I'll lose that wager. But I'm banking on the fact that he's done poorly with wind and that there are just a lot of traps around here. There's a lot of trouble that he's going to end up in some type of trouble. Uh, every other hole, he's going to get in his head like you were just talking about. And it's just going to unravel. And we're not even going to have to worry about Bryson come Saturday or Sunday. So, I'll go ahead. I'll do that one. And I'm also going to go ahead and I'm going to play Keegan Bradley to make the cut. You know, last week, Uncle Dave, you and I, uh, we were against Bradley. We thought that, you know, he might have gotten in his head and that, you know, he might not golf all that well. Well, that wasn't right. You know, he, he's been golfing well, but we figured, you know, how he crashed and burned, you know, in that one event where he was just missing, you know, three foot putts, four foot putts. He, you know, plucked it in the water there. Uh, it cost him that tournament. It's just minus 174 to go ahead and make the cut. Like, this guy just has too many things right now in his game that are going well. He's chipping well. He's putting well, driving really great. He's driving accurate. I believe he can keep himself out of trouble. And he's done well here. In 2012, when Rory won, Bradley finished third. There should be no reason why he doesn't come in here confident. And for him to make the cut at minus 175, I know that's a price to lay. But, boy, I feel pretty good about that one. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. I'll give you Keegan Bradley. Make the cut minus 175. And Bryson to miss the cut at plus 370. Make him miss the cut there, Uncle Dave. What do you got? Yeah, I took uh, took a couple this week. Usually I only give out one. Last week we, we had a nice plus 225 on, on Kepka to miss the cut. I like Mark Leishman minus 175 to make the cut. You know, it's a bit chalky for me. But not only is he playing well, he's a great long iron player, as I mentioned earlier, I think. I think that's going to come into play here. And, you know, he's he's an Australian guy. And I think, you know, typically in these conditions, a lot of the Europeans and Australian guys uh, tend to do well because they're a little more used to playing in it. And another one, Garrick Higgo, 130, minus 135 to make the cut. Now, people would say who? Uh, and quite frankly, I did too. But he's coming over from the European tour. He just shot a minus 27 in the Canary Islands last week. In his last three tournaments over there, he's only had one round that wasn't in the 60s, and that was a 70. So, you know, there's a reason why he's minus 135 to make the cut. Um, and I think 
I think that's just because nobody knows who he is. And, you know, full disclosure, I had heard of him, but really didn't know uh, how capable he was until I did some research. And, you know, that's why I guess people listen to this podcast, because we do do the research. But those are my two make miss the cut, Sleepy. That's funny. I saw that guy's name on the on the odd screen, and I'm like, I'd never heard of this guy before. And I'm like, why is this guy's odds where they're at? And why is he up here with these, you know, big name golfers? And I'm looking, I'm like, there's got to be something up with this. And then I was going to ask you, but thanks for filling me in, Uncle Dave. I don't think you want to fade that guy right now. Uh, it seems like he's rather hot. I do have one other guy on my list here, Uncle Dave, and I didn't know where to use him. So I'm going to throw the name at you and you can place him where you want. Now, I like him. I went through and I was looking at Dylan Fratelli's stuff and I was like, maybe this guy can sneak in here somewhere. I'm like, I just don't know where. Could he win? I don't know. You know, could he get cut? I don't know. Dylan Fratelli, Uncle Dave, like where where, do, where would you probably use him in this particular tournament? Well, there's a lot of people I've heard chatter about giving him a, a reasonable chance to do something. He has a big advantage. He's fifth on tour in shots gained around the green. And as we mentioned, and as you probably saw when you, you did your YouTube video, there's a lot of sand traps around here, and I think shots gained around the green uh, is going to be a stat that somebody uh, is going to help somebody sneak in somewhere. Where would I put him? Um, you know, that would probably be a guy without looking at the odds. I'd probably put him top 30. I might use him to make the cut. You know, he does have some holes. He's he's not great off the tee, uh, which obviously can be a, can be a big problem. Um, he's not a great putter. Um, but, you know, there's a difference between a PGA player not being a great putter and us not being a great putter. You know, he could potentially uh, two putt from eight feet. Uh, we could potentially three putt from eight feet. So, you know, it's a stat that is, is super important. But, you know, these guys practice a whole lot. and You know, he probably has the ability to, to drain a 25-footer uh, as much as he does to miss an eight-footer. So I like his shots gained around the green. So I would stick him maybe like top 30, Sleepy. All right. Well, I certainly appreciate that, Uncle Dave. I'll go ahead and I'll make a pizza bet on that one. And if it comes up short, you know, at least I have somebody to blame. But why don't we jump into our winners here, Uncle Dave? We've been pretty good over the last couple of weeks. I have two here. I'll let you go ahead and give out yours first. I'm actually quite surprised. I see, oh, there's a guy. You know what? I have him listed but he's not one guy that i had to win but i thought about it so now that i'm looking at your sheet here and you have another guy too that i thought about and another one this is surprising that i didn't use any of these guys and you have them all here all right uncle dave i'll let you go and give your winners out i have a feeling you're gonna end up uh you're gonna end up close with with at least one out of these four guys you have listed well we have to tell people that this was the first time in in probably forever that i actually sent you my notes because you asked for them, because we've said we don't look at each other's, and, and normally we don't. But now that you already know what I'm going to say, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give out, you know, three or four guys, and I'll, I'll give out one that's kind of chalky that people won't be surprised about, and one that is a, is good value, and a couple that may or may not that have good payoffs. Yeah, I like, I like Xander at 17 to 1 as my, my nobody would be surprised. And as we've talked about, this course has a lot of sand traps. I think the winner is going to need some sand saves. And Xander is number one on tour in that category. And to reiterate, he's great with his long iron. So 
you know, he'll be my no great odds winner. And then they go to my middle of the pack guy that can, and that's Cam Smith. I think you might have mentioned him earlier. He's 25th in the world golf rankings. He's already won this year. He was second in Augusta. He was 11th in shots gained around the green and 14th in shots gained putting. So, as I said, I think that short game is going to come in real handy. And he hasn't been outside the top 20 in this calendar year. So, that's not the worst bet to make. And I got a couple of holy crap guys Sanjay M at 90 to 1 and Joaquin Neiman at 70 to 1. You know, I said I liked him as a first round leader. He's just more talented than 90 to 1. And Neiman is the 29th ranked golfer in the world, fourth in scoring average. You know, with that said, he sucks out of the sand and can be wild off the tee. Uh, but certainly the upside's there. And because of those potential shortcomings, we do get great prices on those guys. So, you know, I was a little leery about Sanjay M. Um, and I have been forever because I had him to win a tournament, I believe, this spring, maybe last fall, that I gave out. And, you know, the son of a bitch had a, a three or four shot lead with probably half the back nine to go. And, you know, he did one of those stupid things, put it in the water, cost him two or three shots, and it didn't end up winning. And that was as close to counting a ticket as a win before it actually won as I had been. So, you know, that just goes to show you that, you know, I can't, you can't bet with my, my heart. I got to bet with my head. So that was why I used Sanjay. So now I'm curious to see who you've got to win this tournament, Sleepy. Well, I'll tell you right now, Sanjay M and, and Neiman, they were on my, they were on my radar because I felt like the odds were just not right on those guys, like 70 to one for Neiman and then 90 to one for Sanjay M. I felt like they, like they, their odds shouldn't have been that high. Xander was just a guy that, you know, everything that I read, I was reading a lot of the fantasy stuff, reading a lot of the predictions, and it's a course where he could probably keep himself out of trouble. So I thought about using him, and then I'm looking at the odds. I'm like 17 to 1. I generally like to, you know, kind of stay away from, you know, those chalky-type favorites. Uh, Camp Smith didn't really consider him, but I know that he's been golfing rather well. So I don't have any problem with the guys that you have, Uncle Dave, and I only have two here, so – uh, you know, I, I mentioned this probably on the podcast, and I know I mentioned this to you. Uh, I do a head-to-head thing against my buddy where we pick eight golfers, so there's a good chance I'm going to be stealing at least three of your guys. But let me give you a guy that I just talked about, Keegan Bradley, to go ahead and win this one. And he's 70-1 to right now. He finished third here, as I had mentioned, you know, back in 2012. But his driving accuracy is 47th. His distance is 61st. He's 25th in greens and regulation. Sand saves 27th. My only issue here with Bradley, Uncle Dave, is his putting. But he putted rather well last week. I, if he can get his putting together, I think he's there um, at the end. And at 70-1, to 1, I figure why not? He can keep himself out of trouble. He can keep himself in the fairway, plot himself around this course and avoid those traps, you know, probably not firing it, you know, over the greens and ended up in the, you know, the backside bunkers. From what I've read and from what I heard, if you're off the green, you know, to the left, to the right, to the back, you you run a strong, strong chance of end up with a bogey. And I went back and I looked at the 2012 scores, Uncle Dave, and off the top of my head, I had it on my sheet here. I want to say that there was 17 guys in 2012 that finished under par. So you're looking at 130 guys that were even or worse. So this is not an easy place. And the fact that he finished third here and the fact that he's golfing that well right now, and I faded him last week and I was wrong, I think his head's in the game. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him. I feel really comfortable about Keegan Bradley 
um, this week. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Tyrell Hatton at 55 to 1. And I'll probably use him, Uncle Dave, as well as a first-round leader. Maybe I'll just pizza bet that one. I'm starting to grow a lot more on him. He's 47th right now in driving accuracy. He's 10th in sand saves. And I want a guy who can go ahead and help himself, you know, out of the sand, especially, you know, at this type of course. Shots gained, he's like ninth right now. He has seven top 25 finishes. He's made the cut in 10 events. Uh, only missed a cut here uh, three times this year. And he's made the cut in four straight events. So I have a feeling like Hatton's going to turn around. He hasn't been good at the majors. Prior to the Masters, which he finished 18th at, he was cut out of like three majors. So that has to annoy him. And he took three weeks off. And he was coming off of a T8 finish at the Zurich Classic. So he's golfing well. He's coming off of a good result. He's going to be rested. Maybe he could build off of finally, you know, end up making a cut at, at a major, you know, at least over the last four that he's been at. And at 55 to 1 with all the stats and everything I see, I figure why not use Hatton here to go ahead and win at 55 to 1. So I don't know what you think about Hatton, Uncle Dave. We didn't bring him up. I certainly thought that you might have him on your sheet, but we can't give out everything. We can't give out, you know, 50 different picks on our podcast. Uh, because then it just looks like, well, you're just trying to, you know, throw darts and and find a guy to go ahead and, and land in there so you can pound your chest. But, you know, that's not what we do here. We go and we give you guys what we think. But how you feel about Hatton there, Uncle Dave? Was he even on your radar, a guy that you thought about at all? Yeah, he was sleepy, and I think that's a solid pick for, for, for several reasons. I mean, number one, he's a British guy, and, you know, we've, we've talked already about how uh, those type of guys would tend to do well in these conditions. And you know, Godsleeve, he's, he's ninth in the official world golf ranking. So um, 55 to 1 is probably a little longer than it probably should be. Uh, and Bradley, your other one, you know, yeah. I mean, he's he's eighth in shots gained around the green. That's huge. But, you know, as you mentioned, uh, his putting can uh, leave a little bit to be desired. So, you know, that would, you know, that's why he's probably the price he is. But, you know, uh, he doesn't suck. So, you know, buddy, I think he's 70 to one. So I think those are two guys that are that are probably mispriced and you're on the right side of both of them. And I feel really good about about Bradley. I think his putting will come around. You know, he kind of just, you know, crumbled there at the Valspar. Like that had to that had to be dejecting for him. I mean, we saw we saw the videos and we saw a look on his face like he was just he, he was really annoyed. And the fact that he came back and he golfed well last week, um, I feel like I have to put him in there just because he's been so close and I feel like Hatton got to be in there and I'm glad that you have at least some positive thoughts you know on Hatton as well but that'll wrap up the pod guys that'll wrap up everything that Uncle Dave and I have for the PGA Championship for this week hopefully you guys do well make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame make sure you follow Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Essler and if you guys haven't been over to bettingpredators.com right now limited time NBA playoff package, just $49.99. You guys will get DFS plays every day and our player props and all the articles that everybody at the Betting Predators team uh, goes ahead and puts up. But with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck with the PGA Championship. Enjoy the games. <laughs>